Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Flats and Shanks podcast. I am Di Flats. I am Tom Shanks. All right, boy? Yes. Yes, I'm okay. How are you? A bit right. tired. I'm a little bit tired. Uh, just my legs, not my mind. That is, that's bloody like a 16-year-old. Um, went up Penavan. For those who don't know what Penavan is, it's a... It's a stiff walk. It's a little mountain in um, by Brecon. Is it a mountain? Don't know. How high does it have to be to be a mountain? It's nearly 900 metres high. I just think you could ride a bike up it, so it can't be a mountain. That's what I always think. Can you ride a bike up it? I think it's too steep. You can ride a bike up that. Not the way I went. Cross country, was it? Climbed it. No ropes. I did Penavan the other week. You know that, didn't you? Yeah. Um, how come you were so broken today? Because I wasn't. Getting down was the hardest bit. Yeah. Knees, boy. Yeah. Couldn't do it. I actually started walking backwards to go down. <laughs> Rugby players' knees. Yeah. but all, all was, Yeah, I was going spra- sideways. They just sprang down, I expect. Yeah, they sprang down. They didn't like going up. I had to keep bribing them. With sweets. Mm-hmm. Little dangle sweets over, but yeah. So legs are a bit tired today. Got doms, mate, and played golf this morning. It was terror. Really, absolutely terror. But because of your, just I don't know. You I'm have put... 18, 18 holes this morning, have you? Yeah. How long does that take? Four hours. It takes about three hours when you're um, when you're out before everyone else. What time do you start, fella boy? Seven o'clock. What? Yeah. Well done. Beat the rush then, don't you? It's Ladies' Day at Glamorganshire on a Tuesday, so beat the Xavier, don't you? Then? Yeah, get get out, get out early. Okay. And we're around right. Millionaire's Golf. That's what I call it. How are you? I'm all right. So you, I'm worried about. Yeah, I know. I'm all right. I'm not. I'm not that tired. Um, I'm going out for a couple of beers with um, some of blooming lads' beers tonight with Ollie Barkley in Bath. Nice. And tomorrow, I, I'm the, I'm excited about that, but I'm <clears throat> equally, if not more, excited about tomorrow's. Um, slow smoked uh, pork shoulder that's happening 
No way. So I've got a couple of mates, uh, Baz and Chewy. Baz Barrett works for the WIU. Yeah. Baz. And my mate Chewy, funny looking fella, but his name is spelled. He's dead, isn't he? His name, no. My, his name is spelled Matt Chilewski. Oh. He's Chilewski. I thought um, Chewbacca. He's a he's a Polsky da, um, and he's a nice fella. And uh, we're having they're coming to mine tomorrow night for uh, pulled pork baps and soy roasted broccoli. How are you going to cook the pork? I'm going to put it on me Traeger, my digital wood pellet grill. Yes. Smoker, and I'm going to put it on tomorrow morning before I take the kids to school. Uh huh. And I'm going to. Rub it this evening, leave it out overnight, not in the fridge, out overnight, so it's tempered, it's the right temperature to put on, I'm not forcing any temperature into it. Yeah. And after I've put it on the grill tomorrow morning, I'll take my kids to school, come back and play with it a little bit, and then pick the kids up early and take them to the vet to put the cat down. All right, I was wondering there, what A, what you're going to play with, and then you just sort of threw me with, you're going to kill a cat. So. I'll actually probably, I'll probably go, probably walk the dogs and then pick the kids up and put the cat down. Will you say a prayer? Um, will you bury it? I will be no. Yes, no. We'll get the ashes from the vets, and that, and then Daisy the cat will join Henry the cat and Fred the dog in the garage in a box. Um, pretty. You're not. You know. You keep it. You're not, you just you're keep not it in very, the garage, do you? You don't have any emotions, do you? Except anger. But I'm. Um, You'd make a great well, taxidermist. I was going to say. Yeah, but not in ashes. I won't. No, but if I could whittle them down into diamonds. So you love storing dead animals in your garage, whether yeah, it be true. ashes or. You got to keep your pets, my boy. Um, anyway, that will be a sad day, old Daisy. But she's, um, we think she's not only is she very incontinent, has been for a while, she's got, uh, we believe, feline dementia. Ah. So she doesn't know she's weird everywhere. She thinks it's all right. And anyway, <sighs> so very, very sad. Poor and the girl. kids, are, well, one of the kids doesn't have an emo- any emotions at all except anger. She's a bit like you. She yours. And um, no, she's got a tan actually. And But Sophia, the older one, um, is very, very emotional and sensitive. So. She was crying a lot last night and this morning, and it's going to be a tough day. A few of you might remember Daisy from some of our earlier pods when we were at your first house. That's right. In Bath, and she was walking on the floorboard, marble floor. That's right. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Ah, oh, there we are. Yeah, so that's that's a tough But boy. it's a circle of life, isn't it? You know, yeah. Daisy so- will become the grass and... Not massive, not massively looking forward to... Um, antelopes eat the grass and we kill the antelopes. Putting the cat down. But then... Got a, I've got a day of conference calls tomorrow. I've got two long conference calls. One of them is booked for two hours. For who? For to discuss what? an event. I can't say what event okay. um, that I'm doing for um, can't say. Land Rover. Okay. But I can't say what, not allowed to say what it is. By the way, unfortunately, it's not anything to do with the new Land Rover Defender. Um, I wish it were, but it ain't. That looked amazing, didn't it? Fella boy, I am, I'm... Honestly, like I think to myself, I like my, I like having arms. For example, would I give? I'm I'm left-handed when I write. Would I give my right one for an automatic defender? That's be automatic, and I think the answer might well be no, but it's close. Yeah, I was gonna say, how can you use the indicator then? I'm unbelievably keen. I'm unbelievably keen for one, and I'm wondering. It's one of those things like you got to put your name down for one. Got to put your name down for one. But I've put my name down for this Triumph rocket bike that's coming out this year, later this year. Because that is just my dream bike and has been forever. When I found out they were making a new one, is that a keeper? Then you're going to keep that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just love it, and I might tinker put, with it over the years, but I just love it. Put it in the ca- put it in the garage with like the cats and dogs and yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly it. Put it with Fred and Henry and Daisy. But um, that you've had killed. But it's like one of those. It's a nice idea to put your name down for this and put your name down for that. But at some point you have to pay for it, and yeah. uh, that's a bit beyond at the moment. So um, I won't do that. But I'll see if 
I do a lot of stuff with Land Rover and I love them, so hopefully they'll lend me one for the odd trip here and there. Speaking of awesomeness, um, Vincent Company's goal last night. <laughs> Fella boy. You, we made, you made a good point. Shanko and I just had a coffee before we did this. Cortado, for those that want to know. A cortado. And I said, watching that goal, I just couldn't help thinking that by Premier League standards, he was given an awful lot of time mm. to line himself up. But you made a good point, Tommy. Yeah. He's a defender, isn't he? So you don't really expect him to shoot, especially from that far out. And, you know, centre-backs, right-backs don't tend to be as good in goal as forwards because that's why you're forward, you know, because you're good at scoring goals. But that was unbelievable. I reckon, I'm going to chuck it out there, I reckon that was a better goal than Messi's free kick last week. Shut up. I really do. The way he's hit that, and I know both of them were inch perfect, but Messi's was more of a set piece. So he's got a bit of time. He's He can sort of pick his spot. And he's a very def- good... The defence is perfectly organised for Messi's. Dead kicker of the ball. Um, but this one was just unbelievable. The pressure on Man City as well to... To beat Leicester is huge because obviously one game left and they're running. They're just ahead of Liverpool. If they don't win that and they had loads of chances, then it's probably going to be Liverpool's title bet. Incredible finish to the Premier League. Why are we talking about football? I, do you know what? We like oh, we like football. I, I like, like football. football. I tell you what, I'm loosely, I pretend to be an Arsenal supporter. I'm not really a supporter. I just like football. But like same, up, same with rugby, really. You just I, like going up the arse on Saturdays. Yeah, I still, but I... I like rugby. I don't. Although I played for Saris and Bath, I must say I don't. Don't know what you're like. I genuinely don't support a team really. I just like the game and all that. But I yeah, I don't support a team. No, I just don't support a team. And people that whatever don't care if you don't believe me. I just don't. But the football, I'm the same. But I would love, love, love it if Liverpool won the league. I would love it. Do you know? What? I think everyone would because have they ever won the league? I can't. It's not been for years. Liverpool, Liverpool were dominant, mate. In the eighties, whatever, a couple of generations ago, they were the team. Yeah, they were dominant. Alan Hansen. They've the always back. been dominant in Europe, but not in the Premier League or League One, whatever it was called. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that was that was awesome. Um, James Haskell retiring. I know. End of an era. What's he, is he going to be a DJ? Do you think? I think he's going to be thirty-seven thousand different things. I think he's going to be a DJ. Well, he, he he brings his missus along to his DJ gigs. He looks like he knows what he's doing on the stage, but he's got these little T-Rex arms. So when he's when he's DJing and mixing on his iPod, he's doing these little things with his hands. But because he doesn't really have long arms... I'm like that. He just looks like a T-Rex. I'm like that. His arms are longer than mine, boy. I'll tell you that, fella. Um, so it's... I don't know what he's going to do, but he spreads himself pretty thin, has doesn't he? He's active, so I expect he's got a right, lot so of options. DJ could be one. Um, chef slash book writer. Influencer, author. personal trainer, chef, author. F45, another one. Gym owner. Um, uh, gives out shouts to people for money. Yeah. Could do that for a living. Um, JCB. I hate it when people say he'll be all right, but I think there's a good chance he'll be all right. James Cashcall, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Go on in what career? Jeepers. Or um, I just live off Richard and Judy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. Did you read, um, by the way, did you read uh, Stuart Barnes's column in the Sunday Times about Dan Cole? Or in the Times, rather? No, I didn't. Ooh. Tasty, was it? Yeah. What was it about? Just absolutely shredded him for being slow, lumbering, compared with the modern game. What the game requires now, that's why Sinclair's the man and he's not. He's got acceleration, he cuts lines, he offers something. Yeah. And you're not playing with 14 men outside the set piece. Yeah. Well, he's got a point. Of course he has. The game, the game moves on. Doesn't mean there isn't a place. It's one of those things like 
say Carl Sinclair could still be susceptible to having a rough day in the scrum. And say you're playing against South Africa in yeah. the World Cup, or you're playing against the RGs or whatever, or Wales are giving you some grief and they got it together. And actually, if you got Dan Cole on the bench, you're thinking, bloody hell, we've given away four penalties at the scrum. You stick Coley on. Yes. And you ain't going to give away many more. You might, you know, if you say to him, can you not go too hard at the breakdowns, Coley, because he's given away more penalties than he did at the start of his career. It's like just... How do you think the, the Turn modern... Turn the screw for us, mate. Yeah. yeah. How do you think the modern prob has changed? Because probably 15, 20 years ago, maybe 10, maybe five, uh, that if a prop could scrum, scrum well, that was it. Anything else was, say, an extra. Yeah. But that's not really how it's viewed now, is it? You have, yeah. to, do, you have to be able to do more. Yeah, and if you look at... The, some of the, the top props in the world now are not the set-piece beasts that props used to be. No. So... I would call, on his day, Mako Vunapola the best loose head in the world because of what he adds over the course of it. Against Ireland in the Six Nations, he made 28 tackles. Yeah. Having been out injured for 28 tackles. I mean, I, I mean, I was I was not the most mobile prop. I did not have the best work rate. I was no Gethin Jenkins. But I never... I mean, I getting into double figures was a massive result. That was worthy of an extra slice that, of bacon with my breakfast. That's my point. That's how props have changed because... Yeah. You know, your job basically was to make tackles, rucks, mauls, but to prop up the scrum and get your shoulder up. But now, now the hit's taken away. Scrummaging isn't what it used to be. It's, it's different. It's different. And I, I think it's still very important because you can win or lose a lot of penalties and with that field position and points. Yeah. The scrum still. But I do, I think really, I, I, I look at, you know, as, as a former prop, and I only retired six years ago. So it's not like I'm no. 20, you know, I'm not Gareth Chilcott. So I played against most of the guys that are playing now. I played against Dan Cole plenty of times, right? Yeah, of course I am. But what I would say is that I look at these props, half of these props, some of, not all of them, some of these props and think, do you know what? If you gave me a couple of months to get back up to speed in terms of get my neck right and all that sort of stuff, I could hold my own against these boys in the tight. Like This yeah. guy wouldn't do me too much damage because I'm naturally big and strong and aggressive. And it's like in the scrum. And it's like, actually, that's not the point. Like, Mako can struggle in a scrum. He's actually a good scrummager, but he can struggle every mm. now and again and still be the best player on the field. Whereas, because just the amount of stuff, what they're asked to do, the list of things they're asked to do is way more varied. It's total. They're asked to do everything except kick. But also, it's just the amount of times they have to do it now. But no longer can you sort of be... and You can hide in a game. You can't hide in a game if you've got bad hands anymore because the amount of pods that sort of settle themselves off nine but then have to put the ball back behind a yeah. forward to the 10 and that is just whoever gets in that position first as in the first carrier in that pod has to be able to um, has to be able to be able to pass the ball and be comfortable with it so those days are gone every forward now especially your, your front five has to be able to do that yeah I, I would say Mako's not the best example because he's so good <clears throat> He's so much better, really. But I, I look at... And Ellis Genge isn't the best example because he's such a freakish carrier. Chances are when he gets the ball in his hand, he's going to carry no matter what. He's a freak a carrier. But I look at, you know, sort of properly good props around the league, like a Ben Moon type or an Alec Hepburn at Chiefs. And I think, well... Um, and Nathan Cat when he's playing. I think to myself, well, the stuff they do 8, 10, 15 times in some games, little involvements, little yeah. jackals, offloads, pull the ball out the back... That sort of stuff. It's that that sort of thing. If I did that, I'd be rewinding it and watching it twenty-five times on a Monday morning because yeah. I was so chuffed that I'd done it. And these guys do it with absolute 
It's just a regulation play for them. You, they're, you they're look so at Gloucester. Better. So Gloucester sort of run the same pattern, don't they? Every single time. Yeah. You know, that's down to to Cipriani, really, I'd say. But every single forward in that team, that Gloucester team, has to be has to be comfortable with the ball. Has to be able to pull that ball back, pull that pass back behind another forward to your 10, but be accurate with it as well because yeah. essentially it's a blind pass. Um, and they do it better than anyone. You look at that forward pack and they are so comfortable ball in hand it doesn't really matter who they get in that first pod in that second pod because they run in two waves don't they yeah it's the same attack every time really they get the wide channels nine hits a pod puts it back behind Cipriani then you've got another pod where Cipriani will either hit or it goes behind again so in terms of being able to reload get themselves back in a position and have genuine decoy runners I can't see a better team in the Gallagher Premiership than Gloucester mm. at the moment of doing that. It's very, very rugby league-esque, yep. isn't it? You know, things are called off the hoof. This is three or four phases in, so that is when you know set-piece has gone. You know, when, you, when you call a set-piece, you basically have three or four phases, don't you? And that's yeah. it, and then it's players you see. But this happens four, five, six, seven phases down the line, and you see a massive element of rugby league in that where stuff's called on the hoof. They're able to just adjust, get themselves in the right positions, get themselves being genuine decoys and we saw that at the weekend but also you've got you've got a load of players who know Cipriani so well mm. that even when they're running a decoy they know that he might bullet that ball into their basket yeah so you very rarely see him give a last minute flat ball that goes to goes to the deck because goes down because his passing is so accurate also it's not. It's so. It's so untelegraphed that even his own teammates don't know what he's going to do with it. Well, he runs with the ball quite low in his hands sometimes as yeah. well, in two hands, and he's running. And he just, he just gets the ball and he's looking for. He's just looking for someone to bite in. That's it's, all it's he's like, doing. Um, it's like a boxer with a low guard, isn't it? It's yeah. almost like it. It looks dangerous, but it can. It looks dangerous, sort of defensively, but it can be dangerous for the people facing it. But he know? puts it in so late as well, you know, yeah. and he always, nearly always, hits the right option. Which is very difficult to do, yeah. Because you've got, you know, you basically got two options. You've got one short or one behind, and I'd say ninety percent of the time he hits that right option. Yeah, he's he's the man. He's uh, the man. What, what have you been doing in the week then, mate? Oh, pretty quiet. Like, you know, like during the Six Nations, it's it's just apart from anything else. And you're not allowed to say this sort of stuff in our world because you sound ungrateful or something stupid. But it's just exhausting. Like, it's great fun. And we love loads of stuff that we do, don't we? But the Six Nations was just, in terms of workload, was it broke me a bit. Like, yeah, I think Japan took it out of us a bit just because yeah. of time difference. But but it, I'm, I'm fine with that. You're seasonal to the point to the point where I've said to our oh, Michelle that I actually, hopefully, I'm in a position where I can do a little bit less. But I want to, you know, perhaps work five days a week during the next Six Nations and not seven. Yeah, because it was just brutal, and it was like, right, I've got. I'm getting back from Northampton at six fifteen, and I've got, you know, you're arriving at seven o'clock to do the pod on the dot, and it's on the dot probably early. So I need to literally leg it, see my kids, cuddle them as hard as I can, and then right set up for the pod. Go by the time the pod's done, they're in bed, and I've got to write a column for the Evening Standard, and I've got to write a column for this magazine, and then it's like right, it's one in the morning. I'd quite like to watch some TV now, but I've got to take my kids to school at eight, and it's like mm. I'm making breakfast at half seven, and it's kind of like you reap not, the rewards not, now, though. It's not a complaint; it's just it's Sounds actually it. it ended up being a bit of a trudge. So, I'm going to try and calm that down a little bit. But um, yeah, it's been it's quite nice. My point is, it's quite nice and quiet now. Speaking of Cipriani and Gloucester, I I hosted the Gloucester 
rugby end of season dinner. Nice. How'd that go? Last week at Cheltenham. Oh, it's brilliant fun. I've done it the last three or four years. It's, it's really nice. It's a really nice event. And the way, do you know, what what you end up doing is you end up interviewing players and stuff, and yeah. that's fine. But you, it's the, I always find the DORs and the head coaches are kind of, they're the most, they're the more interesting ones in a sense because you hear from them a lot less or you see a lot less of them really. And, yeah. um, and you speak to Johan Ackerman and David Humphreys. And I remember going there a year or two ago and I said this on the stage, like I was here, David, a couple of years ago saying, mm, this is a bit odd. You're director of rugby and then someone else has been brought in and you're still here. Are they just being polite and letting you see out your contract or you look at other options kind of thing? Because you don't need two of you. It's a bit of a joke. Yeah. And he said, well, good actually, point. he said, actually, we think it's going to be a really good structure because I've done that head coach bit and it didn't go as well as we wanted. We think he'll be better. Whereas I'm actually in DOR role. I can take loads of the rugby administration overseeing of the club off his hands. So you can concentrate on the team. And we think it's a model that other teams might start to, and Leinster use it. And I think Leinster use it and, you know, so actually it's a really interesting model and it's really working. And then Johan Ackerman gets up and talks about his philosophy, which is people first, inspiring each other, loving our job. Don't worry too much about don't worry too much about the results. That'll be fine, that'll take care of itself. We want to enjoy it and we yeah. want and you know, he's talking about a fan he met by the side of the pitch, this old guy standing there. And this guy's like I think he was ninety four and he said he hasn't missed a game for eight hundred years or something and chatting with him before the match and he just said this guy was just amazing and what he gives up to come yeah. what he misses to come this is his life so he took him into the changing rooms and did the team talk oh nice and they go out went out and battered somebody you know and it was think about he was talking about think about everybody has really shit times in their lives everyone has really hard stuff people can have a horrible week there are people that come to these games to despite the horrible week despite not having any money despite you know to get over it in a sense so we owe them but you, loads of coaches say that stuff, but he believes it. But it's a strange model. It is a strange model because Johan Ackerman is obviously the coach of the team, isn't he? And yeah. Humphreys is director of rugby. Now, mostly in sport, in rugby, directors of rugby are the head coach. Yeah. You know, you look at Dai Young, um, guy, who's the guy down next to that? Rob Baxter. Yeah. All of them. They're all directors of rugby, but they're also head coaches. Now, it doesn't seem that John Humphreys does any coaching. Like, by the sounds of it, you're saying that he's more of an administrator. I get the impression he wears chinos to work. Yeah, so that doesn't, I, that doesn't sound like a, what I would assume and think of director of rugby would be. So if you think about... Um, I only kind of know this from speaking to... I remember saying to Bath a few years ago when I was still there, when things weren't working. It's like, guys... Who, who's boss? Ackerman or I don't uh, I don't know, but I don't I don't think it. It's interesting because I don't know, and there may be a definite boss there. But yeah. I think Johan Ackerman picks the team. Johan Ackerman decides who plays and who doesn't. Okay. David Humphrey doesn't pick the team. See, that's why I think a director of rugby. That's my sort of um, what I think a director of rugby would be. He'd be the guy that picks the team has final say. But then I remember speaking to Danny Grucock a few years ago because I spoke to Bath and said, "Guys, what are you doing? Not making Danny director of rugby?" Yeah. And they were like, well, he's he got no coaching experience with senior players. And I said, that's not the point. He doesn't have to coach. You've got a head coach for that who can concentrate on running the team. I think you should still coach because if you're a director of rugby, you're still in I, control of the team. So you have to know what a good coach can do and what a good coach can't I, do. I, th I think I don't agree with that necessarily because I think you, 
his version of a DOR, a, a version of a DOR is, and I think Stuart Hooper might well take this role at Bath. That's been announced today that he's yeah. going to be director of rugby at Bath. We kind of knew that anyway. But when you think about a director of rugby's job, I remember someone saying to me years ago, it's a part-time job. Why DORs full-time? The lads are only training four days a week or something. It's like you've got to oversee all of the first team, all yeah. recruitment, all retention, all releasing. You have to oversee the academy and their medical and their S&C, your own S&C, yeah. your own medical, budget control, linking up with the chairman, board influence, future investment. There's so much to think about on a daily basis that, I mean, I remember uh, talk. I think it was Conor O'Shea, I can't remember, or Gary Gold, I can't remember, saying it's impossible to be a DOR and do a good job as well as coaching a rugby team. There's no time. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree with so that. So I quite like I do, I quite like that model in the right way. And But if Danny's not really done any coaching and, and would come in as a DOR, then surely you'd have to have some experience to to recognise when things aren't going right. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of that can be results-based, but a lot of that, that's why I think when I suggested it, they were like, we've got, and I said, well, how do you get experience yeah. if you don't ever do it? But say they've got someone like Stuart Hooper, I don't know if Bath are going to do this. I think they might not be, but and my, my suggestion's worth bugger all, really. But when I was talking to them about it and saying, they said, I was talking about, you should get Danny Grucock, and they said, what about five years from now, it's Stuart Hooper? And I said, but you stick him in, and you leave him in there to do a job he's never done before, which is the the hardest job at the club, the biggest job at the club. Yeah. I said, well, why don't you, you know, there's plenty of money at Bath. Why don't you pay a bit extra and have someone who's done it forever, who really knows their onions, to be a consultant? Say Alan Solomons isn't at Worcester, Worcester. anymore. He, he might not be the greatest of all time, but he's bloody done it for years. Mm. And why mm. not get, you know, it's one of those things, this sounds bizarre. I might have said it on the pod before. But get Steve Hansen and contract him for two Skype calls a month and a few email exchanges with Stuart Hooper and two personal visits a year where yeah. the club pay for him. Why would he bother doing that? Here's a hundred grand. That's why he'd bother doing it. You know, it's 200, 200 odd thousand New Zealand dollars for two Skype calls a month. Yeah. They end up becoming mates. They fly hoops out of visit him once or twice a year. Whenever he's in England, they pay for hoops for him to visit or they fly him over with his family. This is peanuts. This is peanuts. You're talking about yeah, but you know, a th- whether Steve Hansen would do that. You're talking about a third of a top player. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's one Skype call a month and a few emails for 100,000 quid. You know, most people would do that in rugby. Anyway, maybe it's not him, but do you mm. see my point? Yeah, yeah. Whereas if they just leave in there, he's very bright, but I think, well, mm. he might be bright, but he hasn't done it before. No. You know, so... Yeah, it's tough. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, did their dinner, which was really nice, and then had a pretty chill couple of days with the kids and all that, and then... Um, bloody working out wasn't I and then I uh, did a dinner remember Andy Beatty the beast you know beast yes stayed at your house once in Cardiff didn't he on the blimmin lash and um, he works at Hampton School so I went and um, hosted a, with Craig Newby a dinner at Hampton School for beast because uh, we're bloody great mates and the next day I went to Ealing Trail Finders against London Irish in the cup final um, is that good yeah, it was all right. I couldn't stay for the game because I had to leave, but I did pre-match because my mate Justice works at, you know, Justice, he yeah. works at Sean Justice at Ealing, trail, at Trailfinders. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't work for the rugby team, actually. He works kind of the business, but he got me in as I was there or thereabouts geographically. I did a little pre-match there and um, said a few reasonably aggressive things about the London Irish senior management and found out they were sitting in the room. Ah. <laughs> I could beat them all in a fight, though, so I don't care. No. It was along the same lines, actually. It was like, you know, do you think Irish will struggle? Why did they go down? And I said, well, they gave Nick Kennedy the job and then left him to do it on his own. We'd mm. never done it before. And for me, that's just short-sighted and tight. I mean, the thing you've got now with relegation from that league is that is the balloon payment. 
that they receive when they go down, which enables a lot. I think it might be four million, mm. for instance, but enables, say, the likes of Newcastle to keep all their players. So it becomes a bit of an unfair playing field for the teams in that division, in yeah. that in that second division, whatever you call it, Division One, um, because these Premiership teams get that balloon payment. It just allows them to really keep hold of of the quality players, which are way better than in that league already, and yeah. that's. That's why it's it's tough for other teams to try and crack the Premiership because London Irish go down, they come straight back up. Yeah, Bloom payment. Yep. Um, well, they seemed everyone mm. at this uh, Ealing the other weekend, people with suits on, don't know who they were actually, seemed convinced it would be getting ring fenced pretty soon. Really? Yeah. They said it's coming. I went to a Division Two playoff on Saturday. Oh yeah. It was it was Canterbury versus Chester. Oh yeah, Canterbury as in Kent. Yes. Who won? Canterbury one. So they did Kent boys. Nicky Little's the coach there, isn't he? Is he? Or is that Canterbury School? I think well, he was at the club and he's not anymore, I think, actually. Chester had Tom Foden, which is Ben Foden's brother. He oh, was yeah. playing, yeah. Um, but it's really good. Uh, spoke pre-game. So a guy called Giles Hilton, I think he might be the chairman of the club. Real nice guy. They had a big marquee, 450 people. Massive game for them. Um, you, and you tore it up, did you? I, yeah. Honestly, it was... Carnage in there. One of my best ones I've ever done. Could have said anything, they would have laughed. One of those, yeah. Yeah, penis. I <laughs> know oh, it wasn't. Quite I like said that. rugger, but not genitals. I spoke, and a guy called Steve Brown spoke. Brownie, well. do you know him? Yeah, I know Brownie. Yeah, yeah. So he um, is in a wheelchair, and yeah. he had a real severe accident when he was 23 years old. He fell off a balcony in Germany mm. where he's working, and broke his back and his neck. So great speaker, mind. Brilliant speaker. Yeah. He he does. Um, what does he do? He does the Paralympics now. He's He was the captain of the Great British Paralympian team. He does wheelchair rugby. Um, he also does country file. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, but what a bloke. Really good, really funny. Spoke from the heart. There's a lot of emotion in the room as well because yeah. it was such a big game for Canterbury. Brownie was there. Um, you know, just about overcoming obstacles in life and yeah. what you can do. And he spoke really, really well and was really humble about his injuries and there's quite a few um, sort of people who were trying to hold back the tears and some were actually going for it. The thing with Brownie, right, with a lot of these um, guys is that you see them doing TV and all that sort of stuff and, you know, this is our podcast so we can say it, a lot of people will see that and think this is getting someone disabled on for the sake of getting someone disabled on Country File. Paralympics should get it, yeah. Country File. This is diversity for the sake of it. It's forced diversity. Then you hear him speak and you realise, mm, I did some wheelchair rugby with him and you realise mm, he is not only very knowledgeable, which means he's done his prep fine, but actually he is absolutely as articulate, if not more articulate than the rest of us. You're like, he is actually yeah. better than us at this. Um, that's why he's got the job. But it was very, very good. But it was like, it was properly from the heart as well, the way he was speaking. It was incredible and, uh, and everyone loved it, but he's definitely got a loose side to him. He said, do I want to stay up and... Yeah stay around his house to have a few drinks I can tell you that he has because sometimes he, he does jump out of his wheelchair yeah uh, but unfortunately I couldn't he told me he can do the worm he plays dead ants I said I don't, yeah, I, said, I don't, I don't believe you but the worm prove it I will prove it tonight I said I can't stay tonight prove it now I ain't proving it now I ain't proving it now I haven't had a beer yet but he's a, he's a local legend down there so phenomenal it's real emotional like room for everyone because the nerves were there because of this massive game it was a huge huge game for the club yeah. everyone was nervous um, loads of people have turned up 
what a lovely rugby club as well. One of the best I think I've been to in terms of atmosphere, culture, yeah, of that level. Yeah, you know, really good. You could see it was a it was a great club, and they won as well. So good times. Well done, Canterbury. Good times, go Kent boys. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Rugger, it's time to do the rugby section, Tom. Can you clue in for once? Zone right in. Can now, you try man. and just give a toss about the actual sport, please, for once? I will. You know well, I will. Um, we'll have to. Start by the way, off. Australia's Israel Folau, um found guilty of breaking code of conduct co- code of conduct over anti-gay posts because um, he said, obviously, hella waits gay people, uh, which it definitely doesn't. But don't tell him because that stuff's made up. Um, but a three-person panel who presided over his hearing will now consider what punishment the 30-year-old will face. Mm. Uh, so there we go. Uh, there was chat about him getting banned but still getting paid. So getting full whack to sit on his backside or whatever. Yeah. So the, we await the punishment, but he has been found guilty of breaching code of, players' code of conduct. I mean, that's not Too right. exactly news. Exactly. Um, just quickly with a Pro 14 playoff. Um, there's Cup Court Finals. Munster versus Benetton. 15-13 to Benetton. Um, Benetton nearly did him. He really did. There was a penalty right at the end, um, which, or should have been a penalty from CJ Standard, but it wasn't given. So I think Benetton quite unlucky there. Ulster beat Connaught 21-13, which you can imagine. So it becomes a Leinster-Munster, Glasgow-Ulster semi-finals. Mm. Yeah. That'll do. Do you reckon Leinster will go and do it? If they put the first team out, which they will. Well, it's a big one for them this weekend, isn't it? Heineken Cup. Mega, mega, mega. Champions mega. Heineken Cup. That's going to be huge. I'm, I'm Who's going to win it? I'm actually going to watch it in Whitemead, which is a bit of a camping place up by Monmouth. Who's going to win it? I think Saracens will win it. You bastard. Yeah. I you just bastard. think they're, they're too well drilled. And I know Leinster are well drilled, but I think they'd just be too physical. You look at Skelton again at the weekend. Right. Mate. Unlucky. Um, <laughs> that red car that was Unlucky for Exeter. Oh, my God. And also, he went on to make a killer break and fed Tompkins to the try and had a massive impact on the game. Like That is one of the clearest reds 
since that law came in about challenging the air. Massively. That's, surely that's the clearest one ever, isn't it? But it's not It's not to do with outcome, is it? It's not to do with if he landed on his shoulder or he landed on his head. No, it's just it's the tackle in the air, isn't it? And he absolutely Jimmy nailed him as well. You look at the uh, who did who did Jimmy nail? Who was Dolman? Phil Dolman. Phil Do- you watch Phil Dolman's head hit the ground. Oh mate! It doesn't land on his head. He lands on his back, but that head just goes right back. That is unbelievable. I can't believe it wasn't given red. I can't Adam and believe that. Did you see the wind for uh, Lewington try? The what? The wind. There was two kicks. One was booted out and the wind just yeah. blew it straight back. Then it's on the floor. Someone hoofs it. Oh, no, I didn't goes see that. It straight into Lewington's hand and he oh. runs under. Incredible. Oh, no, I saw that. Obviously, I saw the try, but I didn't put two and two together with the wind because I'm watching it in a yeah. noisy stadium on an iPad. The wind so. just takes it right back. Oh, it was, right. Um, it was Steenson that, um, that skeleton bounces. We can call him Steeno when he retires in a few years. Still then. Like, you, I'm glad you're not calling him Stenson anymore. It was, it was such a half hearted attempt at a tackle as well was it just sort of bends his back a little bit oh I got him got him oh he's quick yeah and then he offloads to Tompkins doesn't he for uh, Bristol Trent. sale Friday night mm. not the dick best um, it was fine but Faf de Klerk and Ian Madigan both missing pressure kicks haven't seen that very often Madigan's was the last one we've seen him get a couple towards the end of the season it was about a month ago he, he nailed one for a big victory I can't remember who they are playing I can't either but with a bit of a curl but he should have got that one I know he should, but I always think you can't. You, if a kicker has a bad day, for him, you can't blame a loss on a kicker if he's missed one kick or two. You can't. Depends where the kick is, mate. I think. But can you blame them? Yes, you can. It's okay. their job. That's why I, you get I mean, paid I more hate money. Them. I mean, I hate them. Um, I never like Madigan. Ian Madigan, right? Good player, very good player, good kicker. But I just don't trust the flight of his ball. It's not a true strike. It does, you know, when you when you watch some of the great kickers, you look at, I don't know, Farrell or Halfpenny when they kick the ball. Grant Fox, Grant Fox, <laughs> Paul Thorburn. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's a true flight in the air. It doesn't move. Wind might move it a little bit. Yeah. But it's true flight. When you watch Madigan, there's always a bit of right to left on it. What's your problem with him? He, he hooks the ball. All right. You're horrible. You there are. we are. Uh, so that was. I mean, look. Let's just say about that game, it was all right. Mm, it was okay. all right. Uh, Quinn's Leicester. Dramatic finish, very pleasing for guys like James Horwell, who's retiring. I thought Danny Kerr was fantastic, blistering at scrum half, back to his best, tearing you know tearing Tigers up defensively. Mike Brown's getting better and better. He said in an interview the other day, he's not getting better and better, mate. He is he is so much better than he was last season. He's so much better. I still it's still obvious to everyone who watches rugby who the best. He's a very good player, Mike Brown, is, but, but that's not the point. He's but not getting better and better. I, I disagree and. Okay. I think he's been really good this season. He said the other day in an interview, I've taken my game to another level. And I never like it when people say that stuff. However, I do think it's true, having watched him this season. He's so much better than he was last season. So that statement for me is correct. He's a good player. He is a good player. But the, mm. be- the best fullback in England is obvious to everyone. But so what? Eddie Jones doesn't like him. Gloucester, Newcastle. There's a Cipriani masterclass. And I'll tell you what, by the way. Yeah. This, you might disagree, but I, the best fly half and the best fullback in the country are just guys that Eddie Jones happens not to want that much. So that's gone. So they're just not in. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Subjective, isn't it? Um, yeah. Gloucester Newcastle was a Cipriani masterclass off the scrum twice, off the back of the yeah. scrum. Once yeah. went right. Uh, I think he puts in Woodward, but he could have gone himself, no problem. Second one, he went left. He goes left, takes it himself. But with a solid scrum like that, it's so hard to defend because you've got genuine decoy runners. You yeah. can't, you can't push off those decoy runners, otherwise he's just going to put them through. 
Um, 12 trees hits a lovely short line and just goes behind him. Yeah. You know, so it's so difficult. Um, Banahan intercept, just too easy. He looked quick, Banahan. Yeah. He calls himself the world's slowest winger. He looked quick. I mean, he celebrates on the 22 and then he does something with his hands like he's going to do this massive dive and then just yeah. flops over. Put it down, you big freak. I'll tell you what, Newcastle gave it a proper lash. The Mickey Young yeah. try was just, that was one of the tries of the season. Um, Gary Graham, yellow card, but thought he was fantastic. Callum Green going to Leicester next season. He's a really good player. Yellow card didn't help. But the, the most interesting thing about that is that Mickey Young scored a, that brilliant try under the post. And he doesn't, try like, the season. he doesn't like to be called Mickey Young anymore. Michael. Michael. And apparently his wife doesn't like Mickey. He's grown up, that's why. Yeah, I'm not having it. So, remember, I remember him being, being on tour with him years ago. And he was like, you like your cars, don't you, Flatty? Yeah, I've just got myself a new got myself a new something. So I can't remember what it was. Some flash car. got myself one of them. Mate, it's awesome. It's awesome, mate. I was like, oh, the chicks will love that, Mickey. So, but yeah, he was a bit younger than me. I said, the girls will love that, mate. He goes, exactly, mate, exactly. And then one of the lads is like, Mickey, you live with your mum. <laughs> so he lived with his mum and had a flash car. Like Alex Popham. Yeah. In the old days. <laughs> well, you yes. haven't, Popham. You live with your mother. Northampton, uh, Worcester. Uh, Burrell goes straight through. Spanking, yeah. Re- j- finishes off really well. But Bentio just hangs back a little bit. Just gets himself... In a bit of a mess, really. Doesn't he stops moving forward, gets on his heels, bit of ball watching, and yeah. Burrell hits an amazing angle. Um, Nye uh, Ravoro, Nye Ravoro, Nye Ravoro can't get close to him, can you? No, with that fend. No, you look at Josh Adams. He's trying to get close, but he's quite something, isn't he? In attack, he really is. But in, in he got arms at six is, foot. Oh, I had, a, I had an interesting chat with a with a Premiership fly half of note last last week, and was talking about. I said, what is it these days about with these physical specimens on the wing who just don't seem able to defend brilliantly? And he said, well, they're all shooting up and the, the coach, they're not taught. They're either told to stay back or shoot up as opposed to read it. And wings yeah. used to be able to be told to read it. And now, like, when when Fraser Waters, who you might remember the centre yeah. from Wasp, like, I, I always thought in the Prem level he was just one of the greats. So it was brilliant. He kind of was the lead guy at 13 for Wasps when they brought in the blitz defence, the up and in, which just ruined people for a few years in the Prem. It was innovative then, you know, it was new. And um, he was so good at that. But he he used to say that outside it was vital that his wingers could read the attack and yeah. read the play. Um, and so could his fullback. And now more and more you see wingers flying up and getting caught. So there are some top wingers who are repeatedly being caught out by this, then you Rock and Aguni is a classic example. Repeatedly of one. caught out, actually. a singer who was magic when he got the ball at the weekend can be caught out like that. Naira Voro can be caught out. It's not just big freaks, it's you know, but then you see a guy like remember, like Mark Cueto, yeah, you know, you just you just don't get 50 or Chris caps. Ashton, they just they can read it a bit. It doesn't mean they're perfect, but it means they can read it. But a what bit. it's it's they've already made a decision. These players you just mentioned, already well, I'm, made a I'm decision. saying sorry, I'm saying Cueto could read it, yes, that's what I mean, yeah, but yeah. You know, with these players that are jamming in have already made a decision way too early. Yeah. Hitting should be a last-minute decision. For instance, the ball's in the air for a long time. was a bad pass. That's when you just sort of change and instinctively uh, make a decision and, and jam in. But yeah. to do it when you sort of, you've already made up your mind when the ball's going along the line, yeah, that's where you get caught out. And it is about reading the game. And that's probably where it lets them down because they don't know how to read the game. Yeah. And, and defensively, they don't have to read it. So it's an easy option to, to jam in. If it's a bad pass or the player doesn't catch it right, then you're going to just muller him and nail him and everyone's going to be tapping him on the back. But if it's crisp and you miss yeah. it, then you do look. 
bit of a fool. And I didn't ask for permission to say his name on the pod, so I won't. But this fly half has delivered quite a few passes over the top into that channel this season and caught a lot of teams out. And these teams scored a lot of tries that way, or a few tries that way. And I said, who who are the wingers that are really hard to do that to? And he said, Jack Knowles the hardest in the Prem. Yeah. He said, he's so, it's so hard to catch him out with a missed pass or a ball over the top or a ball out the back. He's so, but his acceleration's good, but also actually reads the game very well for someone who spends hardly any time it's, on his wing. It's reactions as well, right? So it's yeah. being able to turn and change direction quickly. And you know, let's just say Jamie Joseph, right? Really good at uh, line speed, jamming Jonathan, Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan Joseph, yeah. not the all-black player. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, he can change like, like I just clicked there, right? Like Wolves. that. Wolves. And he can take you on the drift as well. Yeah. So he reads he reads defensively really well, as does John Davis. Uh, yeah, you don't I, have you don't have to hit in every single time on the wing. I tell you what, watched watched uh, I was at the wreck for Bath against Wasps on Sunday. Yeah, Jonathan Joseph. It's not he scored a lovely try to start with fending ghost sort of thing, a bit of gas on the outside. But it it was that wasn't it. I just watched him so much, and he got so much crap ball, so much rubbish ball. Like because the defence was decent and there wasn't a lot of momentum in Bath, and he just never dies with it. He never gets turned over. He does die with it, but he never gets turned over. And in defence, he's just in the right place, he's way more abrasive than he looks. He's not burying people, but he's no. way more abrasive than he looks. He's and aggressive he's, enough. He's just so effective at 13. But he should never have scored that try. I no. mean, that's just poor, yeah. poor defence by Wasp. This uh, car, isn't it, just steps in, no need to, and then yeah. can't change the direction. And Joseph ends up just going straight through. Um, but Loba Bavalu, when he steps inside that ruck... Mate! See that offload then? Back yeah. to car. That was magic. Yeah, I was sitting... Um, my brother was there and he, so my brother's in a wheelchair so my mum, my brother and I are in like the disabled section. Oh, lovely. I won't tell you what we call it because it's inappropriate but my mum and dad call it that too. Um, people will complain but we sit in the disabled section and it's fine. It's a decent little view and um, just so happens that's where some of the Bath Academy lads get put because yeah. that's where their seats are. So I leaned back and I said to a couple of lads after Jonathan Joseph, um, after Lover Barlavu scored that step and I was stepped in and they scored that try and I said, lads, when you see that, what do you think? And it's like, thank F it wasn't me who had to tackle him because yeah. there's nothing you can do. No. And the problem is you need a couple of guys on him, but then there's holes outside and you're screwed because then Nizam Kyle will be ripping through a hole and he can distribute. So unfortunately, when he gets a metre around the breakdown, you're screwed, like yeah. just like Gonover. But it was just instinctively breaks through and then a one-handed pass yeah. to, to Carr. And then the no-look pass to Nathan Hughes for the try. That was a nice yeah. bit of class. Yeah. Something Mate. you probably don't really associate him with, having those little yeah. touches. You, you think of more of him as a strike runner. I mean, we, we saw the two sides of Nathan Hughes at the weekend, didn't yeah. we? I mean, we we spoke about it via text, didn't we? And WhatsApp. Mm. What a great carrier is. What a great player. But what then on, player. The, on the other side, though, just not sensible around ruck areas. Mm. Gives away cheap penalties easy penalties that you don't even need to do you just think if he can tidy that up out of his game he probably would be a genuine threat to believe in a polar at eight yeah I was sitting behind the for the second half I sat behind the Wasp coaching team I'm not going to talk about what the stuff they were saying because that's not fair but he gives away those penalties and when he does great stuff they're very quick to congratulate he goes gives those penalties away and honestly if I would die young because one of them near the touchline there, he's basically lying flat on his chest when he yeah. gives it away. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And for a player of that quality to be doing that in I a know. game that important. And Dai Young, 
basically, he might give a look. He says not a word. No. Nothing he's saying. Well, I think I would struggle not to be you, Muppet. He keeps it then, doesn't he? Yeah, but I tell you what, Nathan Hughes, without stating the obvious, when you're up close to him, he is a unit. He is Massive. an absolute unit. And he carries it all as well into contact, doesn't Holds he? Holds a ball like a cricket ball. Um, it was great. Wasps really unlucky from their own 22. Go wide to the left, come back to the right, go then back to the left and judged as a four pass from... Never. Lobovalu. Uh, no, it wasn't. No. It wasn't. I don't know how the TMO... Let's try the season, that, that fella. Yeah, it was. Changes the game too. And I thought we had this directive of looking at players' hands as well. Was that just gone out the window now? Because there is there is the issue of momentum, that the ball, you know, when you're travelling yeah. at pace and you, you hit it flat, the ball possibly might look like it's travelling forward, even though it's going backwards, yeah. because of the speed you're going. Um, there's no way that was forward. And I think Job, Josh Bassett is unlucky and Wasps are unlucky not to score. Because you look at 73 minutes, it's 17-10 to Wasps. Yeah. Until, uh, I think, Mercer scores a try. How good was he? Yeah. Class. We spoke about Nathan Hughes. Different types of players completely. But yeah, class. T- do you remember James Forrester at uh, Gloucester? Of course I do. Not, he's not quite as, say, as thin as that, but he sort of runs the same and breaks free of tackles very similar to, to him. Yeah. He's just incredibly powerful for a, a smaller guy. I'd rather play against Nathan Hughes than Zach Mercer. I mean that. Mm. At least you've got something to aim at with Nathan Hughes. Yeah. Like, and if a couple of you line him up, you can bash him. He might, you'll still get the odd offload away, but you, you can't shut down a guy like Zach Mercer or like James Forrester. You just, when he was at it, you just couldn't shut him no, down because couldn't. you couldn't get to him quick enough. And if you didn't quite get they were gone. But they've got ability with their leg drive and just the way they run and their body weight and how they run just to break free of tackles. Yeah. You know, they, I don't know how you do it. That's why he's a great player. That's why he plays number eight for Wasps. But um, Thokken Asinga was very quiet and Austin and... Lawrence were mentioning that about, you know, he's only had two carries until he springs into life. Wow. Beast. I know. But, you know, would you rather have someone who, I mean, he's kind of a bigger, bigger improved on his day, uh, Rocker de Gooney, and it's like, yes, he can be unplayable with the ball, but I want someone to do loads of work and yep. I want someone who's in the right place defensively. And then, so he's the rock star winger for yeah. me. Bass play, I thought about this before I said it, believe it or not. Bath's best player this season has been Roy, Mc- Roy McConaughey. Yeah, well, class in the air, class at the breakdown, class in attack, class in defence. Learned so much, he is brilliant. Uh, and his pass he gave to Thogner Singer yep. for the try was good. Just gets outside his man. But, mate, what on earth is Vili LaRue doing? Like, <laughs> I don't know what he, I don't know what's going through his head there because he gets nowhere near the ball. He doesn't even make a tackle. It just runs and tries to throw one hand up. It's like, right. It's not going to sing. I'm not going to even try and tackle him. I'll just run through the middle. And yep. it's, it looks really bad. Been here before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Been here before. I hate, I hate it because I think he's such a good player as well. Oh, man, he's um, a brilliant player, but Anthony, only, only on one side of the ball. Anthony, yeah, correct. Anthony Watson, uh, I thought his game back looked really sharp. Yeah. You just Everyone gets excited, doesn't he? I'd hate to play against that. Yeah. <laughs> his footwork is brilliant. Jonathan yeah. Joseph, very good. Thought I'm going to sing Mercer at eight. I, I, I thought Freddie Burns had a really good game, and I was quite surprised they took him off Why with 60 minutes that? to go. You could possibly understand it. They took him off with 60 to go, and Priestland was coming on. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're sort of like for like, really. You've got two quality players there. Yeah. But they bring on Davis, don't they? Who's not played for a while. I think his last first team appearance at Bath was 2015. And you're thinking, right, that's a big call. Good player, when, Yeah, he is a good player. But, 
you know, Freddie Burns started and has played and been involved in every game this season for a reason because he's a good player. Yeah. I just don't see why you'd take him off with 20 Last time at Gloucester. But it's irrelevant now because they won. So. Yeah, but at Gloucester, I was like, why on earth are they taking him off? He's played so well. And the Gloucester pack's taken over, so Cipriani's dominant. But Freddie Burns has done almost nothing wrong. He's been class. And I was like, what on earth are they doing? And it turns out he had cramp. So maybe we'd give the benefit, give him the benefit of the doubt. But still. Not sure. He didn't look like that when he came off. I'm just he, like, why Why would you? I yeah. Don't know. I don't know. I, I, I reckon they just don't love him as much as we do. Maybe. And they're probably, I don't know. Are they, I don't know. I know we've uh, gone over Saracen's Exeter already, really. But um, Don Morris looks good. But yeah, Chiefs second team though, so it's kind of a little bit, yeah. But still, you know, it wasn't exactly Saracens' first team. No, either. no. Um, come final time, if they both make it, we think they will. Mm. Those teams could look very different. But I enjoyed Sarri's performance nonetheless. Thought they looked great. Mm. Thought Skelton looked great, apart from that hit. Yeah, I know. But it's a shame for Newcastle. No one likes to see a team go down, especially yeah, because they've done it already as well and they've come back up. So Mingham. it is Mingham for them. You know, you hope they can keep hold of their players. You could see the disappointment in Toby Flood's voice and face after the game. Um, and they've got some... Look at their team they've got. Oh. They could do with a strengthen up a little bit. I think they could do with a couple of good centres. They've got some good centres there now, but maybe one worldy. Yeah. Um, Hard to sign, though. Matavisi plays and, and Harris plays. Is it Harris? Yeah. yeah. Chris Harris, yeah. Chris Harris, yeah. Um, but, you know, you look at their wings... You look at the back three, it's quality, 9, 10, decent. But it's just not clicked, is it? In last The season before was really good. So, I, I think that, I said this on the highlight show, so if anyone watched that, sorry for repeating myself, but it's what I think, so there you go. But it, I think last year we might have thought their attack was better than it was. Actually, their attack was decent, but they just had rock stars on the wing who never got injured and scored loads of amazing tries at key moments. And this year, they just those guys have been injured for loads of the years. Zach Kibirigi came in, was brilliant. He's missed loads of games. They haven't had the guys to pull them out. So you take Messi out the Barca side. Yeah, but I have you know? I, re- I really think their their attack hasn't been hasn't been brilliant, but it hasn't been so awful. They have both wingers been injured score. though. Yeah, Gonovers missed loads. Sonotti's missed loads. Really? Kibirigi's been yep, yep. This long periods and you know all all they needed was. You know, two more wins. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? They needed yeah. Gonover to front up twice yeah. or once and Sonotti once and suddenly they were right. It's yeah, that close, know. you know. But you can look back, at, any team will look back on that, won't they? Of course you can. But that, if, City you, be doing if you're looking for reasons, yeah. you know, that's probably that why. Equally, one. I, I reckon, and it's a it's a pretty punchy statement, without George Ford, everyone talks about Owen Farrell and Cipriani all the time. Without George Ford, Leicester gone down. Mm. I honestly think they would have gone down. He's been so good. Yeah. So good for them. Um. They'll, they'll be pretty keen to hang on to him, although I expect there'll be a lot of teams coming in. I guess his contract's up next season or whatever, but there'll be a lot of teams coming in um, for him because he is class in the glass. Yeah, and obviously you're probably looking at Leicester thinking, right, am I going to win any silverware with this team in the next three or four years? Because that's probably not yep. far off how long he's got yep. in his prime. Yeah. Um, there we are. One. Sorted that out of me, boy. Did you watch Line of Duty? Yep. You didn't enjoy it, did you? Yes, I did. Okay. I but Baz, my mate Baz, I mentioned earlier, said it went a little bit the bill at one point, and maybe no. I don't want. I don't want to hear Baz's views on it. I just want to hear yours. I, I think no, but I don't, that that don't resonated Baz's with views. That, that resonated with me a bit. But okay. I, what I would say is, I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, I thought and it was, I was great TV, and I was pumped that we didn't have to finish the series thinking that Hastings was still a bad guy when we all knew he wasn't. Yes, 
That was the main thing, wasn't it? And that he watches porn. Right? It was pornography. Your tweet. You've was got very, a lot in common with him. Your tweet was very funny, fella. What, what? Oh, taking my computer to. Yeah. Anyone else taking the computer <laughs> to a disposal shop? <laughs> I only I only use private browsing, so I can order um, so I can order flowers. Yeah. Without anyone finding out, like on the advert. Yeah, gifts for your, your That's missus. what gave me the idea. I didn't even know what private browsing was till then. Uh, but I'm also glad, part of me was wanted closure. I just wanted to find out who was the fourth or third or fourth. We found uh, a third, I sort of Jill. Think... But there's still someone else there and there'd be a lot of Do you know what I think, fella? I think this, this plot line needs to sort... Yeah, I mean, I'm up for it, I'm up for it. But they're dragging it out, mate. It was a bit of Da Vinci Code, wasn't it? You know, looking uh... at the tap of the fingers... Four it's times like, it's like uh, just tell us who it is, man. But I'm really glad there's another series coming. I haven't watched Game of Thrones yet from because yesterday. The the cast have really been catapulted now, I think, into stardom. Yeah. In this series, especially. H is the guy, Hastings is the guy, not H, Hastings. I need to watch Game of Thrones tonight. Just don't tell me about it, but was it very good? Yeah. Done. Um it was okay. amazing. Das was sehr good. Okay, excellent. I love it. Excrement. It's now my favourite. Yeah, I put everything, all my efforts into Game of Thrones now. And there's one on tonight actually, called Chernobyl. Oh, what's that? A um, documentary? No, it's a series on Sky. Oh, about the disaster in Chernobyl. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. You don't watch pornography on your laptop, and neither do I. Probably a good way to sign off. I need something harder now. Anyway. What? What? <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Have a great week, Terrell. 